Welcome back to the Bearcat Tip-Off Talk podcast presented by Donahue Accounting Services. For friendly expert tax advice whenever you need it, come to Donahue Accounting Services. A leading accounting firm in Cincinnati, Ohio, our top-notch accountants strive to help you resolve all your financial and tax issues. Call Donahue Accounting Services today for a free consultation at 513-528-3982 or visit online DonahueAccountingService.com. I'm your host, Alex Meacham, former Bearcat basketball player from 1997 to 1999 under the Hall of Fame coach, Bob Huggins. And I'm Neil Meyer of the Front Office News. And I'm J.T. Smith, Editor-in-Chief of the Front Office News. All right, fellas, we're back for another episode. Let's jump right into it. The Bearcats are currently 12-2 and after defeating BYU 71-60. JT, let's dive right into it, brother. Thoughts on the Bearcats' performance? You're on mute, JT. My bad. So it was uneven. But it was great because they won on the road. This is the biggest win of the of the West Miller era. I don't care. They went on the road against the number 12 team in the nation. I'm not gonna lie. I thought this I thought the Bearcats were gonna lose by double digits. Gonna keep it real. But I'm glad they proved me wrong and everything they did. It showed me they can be, I'm not gonna jump the gun, but I feel like they can they can make some noise in the Big 12, man. They stopped a team that was averaging 90 points. They held them to 60 in their own gym. Had those dudes shooting. Remember I said I needed them to sh- uh They were shooting over 40% from three. They kept them under 35%. I think they kept them under 30% for real. I think it might have been like 29% from three or 28% from three. If I if my numbers are correct, they did that. Um, You know, when these mid-major teams were coming in scoring at will, they went and stopped the top-tier team in their gym. So – the end of the day, it was it's some stuff that they can clean up, but I feel like Jizzle James took the game over. Victor Lockin played steady, especially in the second half. I think he played well. Um, Aziz Bandego, his return was huge, double double, um, affected a lot of shots. I mean, he was grabbing every rebound. Um, I hate that West finally went four four wings, one big for a lot of um started that way. I think that was huge. Um, he did go too big sometimes, but I think he he adapted more, and that, that was a key thing. The defense kept him in the game, and once the offense got cooking, BYU had no answers. So I, I'm happy. I'm not going to try to keep rambling. I'm going to leave something for Neil and you to, to get, but I didn't go to sleep till probably close to 3 o'clock because I was just so happy on how they played and got the dub. So that if that doesn't say um, how happy I am about this win, I don't know what else it, what else to say. Man, okay, I love it. Now, J- JT, we got to talk about this. You mentioned on the last podcast that you thought this was a game that Josh Reed could get some more minutes. He ended up getting 17 minutes. You were spot on. Dude, he played like is it like his numbers are off the off the paper, but he hit a big 3. Yep. Um I thought he played very well on defense and you could kind of see it coming the last few games he's been playing very well. Like he might have I think the last game he might have had six points. The game before that, he might have had three. But I thought he was just, like, very active on defense. Neil even pointed that out. And it was just a perfect – when a team shoots threes, that means their bigs are going to shoot threes, even if they have the size. And Josh Reed is a solid 6'8", so he can move his feet. So he's a person that will be possibly – if you're going to go four big – four um, guards or four wings, he's going to be a guy that's going to clock about – anywhere from five to 15 minutes, depending on how things are going. So I think, I, I mean, I don't know. Like, it's not like Wes is telling me, hey, Josh Reed is about to play. But I just can see stuff. You know how it is sometimes. Like, you can kind of see it, like, where people are just building up positive momentum. And, you know, Wes is seeing that too. So, you know, I feel like he played a very good game. Nobody's going to talk about Josh Reed. But if you watch the game, he was very valuable on, on Saturday for sure. Well, you were spot on, JT. So, Neil. Your thoughts on the performance? Yeah, after well, after the first half, I I was a little shaky because they started one for eleven from the field, shot just nine for nine percent there in the first like nine minutes, and then twenty five combined turnovers there in the first half from both teams, and well, Trevin Nell just could not miss, simply could not miss, and once he buried the, his ninth three of the night, I thought I was like, oh well, this is giving me flashbacks to Jimmer Fredette kind of BYU vibes, but. Outside of Trevin Nell, 
BYU couldn't get anything going. And there in the second half, I thought right when they made that transition to Jizzle James there about 11 minutes there in the second half, I mean, it just seems like as the bigger the game gets, the better Jizzle James is. And he's ready for the moment and he's ready to come in and take it by storm. And that right there last night, his second half performance set the tone and really propelled the Bearcats run. I thought their defense was really what kept them in that game. Obviously, JT mentioned you're holding a team who's averaging 90 points per game to just 60 points, their lowest of the season. So you not only exceeded your expectations, but you held them to about 60% of their scoring on the season. So you hold them to a season low, 60 points. Man, I, I thought it all started with Jizzle James. Victor Lockin turned things up in the second half. He had 11 points, I believe, 11 points and six rebounds there in the second half. So that was huge. But let's talk about Aziz Mandego. And you can clearly see they missed the seven-footer after missing the last three games from his back injury. And they weren't they weren't 100% sure he was even going to be able to go up until just up until game time. And next thing you know, he comes out there and he puts up monster numbers, 12 points, 10 rebounds on a very effective four or five shooting in a game they needed it the most. And he even said it himself post game that he loves playing in that environment on the road. And he wanted to put on for his fans back there in Utah. So overall, that's that's a substantial win. And it's an exciting time. As JT mentioned, going into a hostile environment. I don't know if you guys saw the numbers from last night, but close to 18,000 there in the Marriott Center last night for their Big 12 opener. Packed that out. Packed out. Huge environment. Wasn't, yeah. wasn't, 50, wasn't 50 fans. <laughs> hey, wasn't JT. 50 fans, like I, love, I said. I love that. Last podcast, JT, I love how when you were doing the ECU breakdown, the count, you counted the rest. Reps of the people there. You gotta count the people, man. You gotta count the people that that, that take the tickets. You gotta count the people that work in the concessions. They might have the own like places like that might have a one concession and like one person working it. <laughs> <laughs> like taking uh, taking the card, you gonna they gotta get you your drink and food too. You know what I mean? Because it ain't that many people to serve. Like, why wow, you need to have three, four people there? <laughs> but overall, yep. a big win last night. So yep. let's hope they can build the momentum because that's a game where you, you can build some momentum off of that game for sure. All right, Neil. So <laughs> let, let, let's get back to a point you made earlier. The, I mean, did you expect that the Bearcats would hold BYU to 60 points for the game? Because honestly, I thought if the Bearcats had any chance of winning this game, it would really be a shootout because I felt like you're not going to hold BYU to a low scoring night. You're just going to have to match them. I mean, are you aren't you shocked at 60 points for the game? Yeah, I'm very shocked because once you're going into this game, you're looking down at the numbers. BYU is averaging 90 points per game. They live and die by the three ball. And this studying this game, it gave me a lot of flashbacks to a game where Bearcats fans remember quite well, and that was the Arizona UC matchup in Maui, where you knew Arizona was a high powered offense, that the Bearcats were just simply going to have to come out there and match them. But outside of Trevin Nell, BYU really struggled to find anything on the offensive end. You hold their leading scorer in Jackson Robinson to just five points, the lowest amount of points he's had all season. And then Trevin Nell, I couldn't explain what happened there in the final 10 minutes where Mark Pope decides to bench him and then it sparked the Bearcats run. But we're happy. We're happy it played out that way. So, but the way Trevin Nell was shooting and compared to everyone else, I think looked down at one point Trevin Nell was nine from 12 from three the rest of the team was four for 28 which you're looking down at BYU team you're like oh that's that's not common so overall to see them shoot how they did last night BYU it it was a great sign that the Bearcats perimeter defense was there and JT mentioned Josh Reed Josh Reed got stuck on Trevin Nell not many people knew that because John Newman was gassed so they made the switch early there in the second half to put Josh Newman on there. And after that, Trevin Nell was kind of cold. Yep. Well, okay, so I, I, I've got a couple thoughts here, and I want to piggyback off some things you guys have said. I, obviously, very well known that, you know, I, I think we're dead in the water for his, isn't for Jizzle James. Mm-hmm. He lit the fuse for this team to kind of take it to the next level. Another thing, you guys mentioned – how big Aziz was, but, but let me tell you how the, like the small nuances of basketball, 
Aziz had some crucial rebounds. And, and, and listen, for, for Bearcat fans out there, when you're watching this game, and BYU's kind of struggling at scoring a little bit, what, you know, teams, so like, you know, the, the BYU coach and the team, what they look at is, okay, if we're not making that first shot, we've got to rebound the basketball. And they're a good rebounding team. We got to get second and third chances. But Aziz was not letting them get those second and third chances. Some of those defensive rebounds just crushed BYU. And then for once this year, I think I've been wrong every podcast on my player to watch, except I feel like my call on Vic came true. I thought he was the steady force the entire game. I think I think Jizzle was the reason. You know, he pushed us forward to win the basketball game. But but JT, I, I, if you agree with me, I think Vic was just that steady force throughout the game. Yeah, he was steady because like even when it was going awry, he was making a few plays, and you're like, when you look back on him, like, dang, I didn't realize yep. Vic had 17. So like, you know, even though he balled out in the se- second half, I feel like he did have a few points in the first. Um, Looked looked like he was aggressive, even though he if he missed a few, I feel like he was aggressive and assertive, which which one of the things that I'm like, come on, Vic, you know, you can do it. So um, I thought he was super aggressive, man, and assertive, played his game, and it worked out for the Bearcats. And then Jizzle brought it home. I think Jizzle in the first half, when they took the lead, Jizzle came in, changed the changed it, took him out. We kind of went went floundering again. And then in the second half, they, when they put Jizzle in, he just lit that fuse. He just lit the fuse. He just said, "I don't care who they who these people are, you know what I mean? They they ain't on my team, so I'm going at them." And that's what he did. Made the right plays. Didn't turn the ball over. Um, yeah, he just he, he just affected the game. I mean, he only played 13 minutes, but it shoot, he, you can make the case he he might need to play 20 20 and ups now. Well, I guarantee you, he'll play more minutes. Yeah, he, he he's shown that he's. I mean, we all know he's capable, but but we're seeing it in big games. This isn't Stetson. No, this no, is the no. Team in the country, and he's yeah. going at him at their place. Yeah, at, at their place at the bigs too. Yeah, he was going at whoever. Like if you was guarding, they couldn't guard him. They couldn't guard him. And that's one thing he loves. He loves contact, and when he gets the contact. He's finishing because some that I think it was the and one last night. That and one he finished with at the rim. That was a pretty impressive take. And he went into a 6'11 big fella down there and just took it with ease yeah. and made it real through contact. And that was the momentum changer. The three point play comes down, buries the three the next possession. That was the momentum changer right there. Yeah, he had to had a nice pass when they, they went to the zone. He passed over the zone at three, the one, three, one hit Dan. Dan hits the three. It was it was huge. Like he just he just played. He made every every play was the right play. Like you know what I mean. Like even when he missed, I'm like shit. That's that's a good play. Like you got to live with that. And, and another thing I want to point out: you talk about during a basketball game, you're always overcoming adversity. There's yep. some adversity every team faces during a basketball game, and I think early on, our adversity was our turnovers. It just was like, oh, my God, we're on a crash course to have 40 turnovers this game. I mean, we were throwing the ball to, to guys that weren't even looking. Like, <laughs> yeah. it was mind-boggling at times. And so that that was a concern of mine. But obviously we kind of – but they were turning the basketball over too. Uh, Neil, I know you have um, a, a grip on the stats better than I do. I don't know what the uh, turnover – battle was in terms of what uc had and what byu ended up with but both teams turned the basketball over at a high level now here here's the other thing jameel reynolds only played six minutes right Mm -hmm. yeah so i thought that i thought that was i thought this would be a game where um jameel would get more than six minutes yeah um you know but i'm interested to see how West factors Jamil, and maybe it was just matchup wise, it wasn't good against you know BYU and yeah. Texas. It might be a better matchup. Yeah, yeah, it could be. I think honestly, I'm not gonna lie. The one thing is two things. Um, I think he went to Odie. Didn't he go? Odie got in first. Yeah, I think okay. he should have went Jamil first because there was a couple passes. Like it worked out. We still won by eleven. 
but it was a couple passes. I think CMOS made a real nice pass to uh, Odie, but it was just something that he can't handle. I yeah. think Jamil gets that and dunks it. Yeah. You know what I mean? And it was a turnover. And I think Mill, I think Millie gets that and just shakes the rim. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And I think he gotta understand, like he it's it's you know, with Aziz, he probably didn't know what Aziz can do. So he probably was like, all right, I'm just gonna let everybody kind of figure it out. But once he saw Aziz was rolling, he had to let the big man rock. But I think he gotta get I think the first big gotta be Millie off the bench. And and, and listen, th this was and I agree with you. So what I thought was potentially gonna happen this game is you've got a guy like Jamil, who, in my opinion, should be your number one guy you throw it to in the post yep. that you know can score with his back to the basket. And with BYU's big who could pass the basketball so well, he was impacting the game at a really high level. You put a guy like Jamil in, throw it to him, draw a couple fouls, mm -hmm. you know, that changes things up. But, mm -hmm. hey, listen, we can sit here and put a microscope on and nitpick at the end of the day the Bearcats leave out there with a 71 to 60 win. And I'm going to tell you what I love about this win. I had people texting me to today. I had people talking to me the other day after the Bearcats won that basketball game that I haven't heard from in like a year. Like, <laughs> you know, but, but that's, that's how it works. Like, you know, you're in the big 12. Now you're on the big stage. Nobody, I hate to say this, but nobody cared that we beat Evansville Stetson and, Blah, yep. blah, blah. You know what I mean? It's like nope. we can beat BYU now. That that's that's it was it was on ESPN two. Start on yep. ESPN News and went to ESPN two. So yep. you've got a, a a very large audience who hasn't seen the Bearcats all year, and that's what they see, and they like what they saw so, mm -hmm. in the second half. I should yeah, say. second half for sure. Yeah. So that that was that was good, and I think last thing I want to say, and then we'll move on, is. Finally, I think a lot of Bearcat fans can just set aside this, hey, Wes Miller can't win the big game. Yeah, that's huge, man. You, you you lose to Xavier. You know, he hasn't beat Xavier since he's been here. We lose to Dayton. Like, Dayton, that game, we got manhandled. Mm -hmm. Right? They're just being honest. We got handled. And so everybody's like, all right, you're 11-2, and two, but when you played your tests, you know, the Georgia Tech game is looking a lot better now that Georgia Tech's been winning a lot of games. But at the same time, when they came in the fifth third, people kind of didn't, you know, they weren't what they are right now. So people were like, hey, you know, we got kind of a fluff 11 and two. But you beat a team like BYU, that changes the whole narrative. You know what I'm saying? That changes the whole narrative, especially on the road. You beat them on the road first game, um, a team that's still finding themselves, you know, still without C.J. Frederick. So this is a huge that's a huge win on the road. And they didn't play their best game. Another good point. They they did not play their best game. It's not like they played lights out and they won by eleven points. They beat they beat a team that scored ninety points a game, held them to sixty at, in their house, and the Bearcats didn't even play their best game. They turned the ball over a hundred times. I man, I agree with you one hundred percent. This is what we've been talking about. This yep. is what this Bearcat team is capable of. Like, yep. and we didn't even play our best game. Wasn't the best game. I'm saying 60 percent. I say I feel like on the defensive end, it was one of their best performances because of the type of team. But on offense, they, they left a lot to be desired. Yep. Yeah, JT, you mentioned the turnovers and not playing like sixty percent. Day Day Thomas had seven turnovers, but still yep. impacted the game in many other ways. Seven turnovers out of the team's nineteen, and look what still happens. If you can come away with a ten point mm -hmm. victory, eleven point victory versus the top ten team in the country, roughly. Even when your starting point guard turns the ball over that many times, yeah. that is a very good, very good win for the Neil, Neil, listen, if Bob Huggins was the coach and our point guard had that many turnovers and, and we had that many turnovers, we're walking home from Utah back to great, greater Cincinnati. I'm telling you, he would have had us walking home. There, in, in Bob Huggins' eyes, there's no way you win a basketball game with that many turnovers. But – we found a way. Now, what was BYU, uh, Neil? How many turnovers did they have? Well, how many did they have, Neil? Because they had to have a lot, too. 19 to 18. So okay. we had 19 turnovers. They had 18. Yep, yep. <laughs> they were turning that bad boy over, too. I'm like, man, this is some wild, wild hoops. But, hey, listen. <laughs> hey, I, I will say this. I told a Bearcat fan today this. Great win. Helps build, build some momentum. But we've got Texas coming up on Tuesday. 
That's what we need to concentrate on. Now, the Bearcats take on Texas tomorrow at 7 p.m. in beautiful Fifth Third Arena. And I think it's the stripe-out game. Is that right, Neil? Yes, sir. Okay. So, fans, come out and do your job. We saw what it did with the Bengals game. Let's pull that off at Fifth Third Arena on Tuesday night. Damn, Neil's getting gangster. He's like, you better bring it on. Or Neil's going to come on and put some people in, the, in their place. That's what Look, the, students, the students, if you're back on campus, this is my message. Get to Fifth Third Arena. That's oh, all I'm asking. Just no. get to Fifth Third Arena. No, listen, they will be there, Neil. I, there's no doubt. After that BYU game, and, and you're playing, what is Texas, number 20? They were 20, but they fell to Texas Tech yesterday, so they'll probably be out of the top 25. Well, depends on how everybody else did. Yeah. Well, right? it was, Did everybody it, else? Everybody else lost on the road, so. Yeah. But still, a, a, you know, a, a very good top team, team, roughly. Yeah, absolutely. 100%. So you're listening to the Bearcat Tip-Off Talk podcast presented by Donahue Accounting Services. Now let's jump into the big old segment sponsored by Smart Dog Solution. In this segment, we cover players to watch and key matchups. JT, who should we look out for from the Bearcats? Dude, I, I just can't pick nobody right. Only thing I did good was, was my <laughs> man Josh Reed. So I damn near need to just pick uh, somebody that don't play. So, <laughs> she go put Sage Tolentino. I know. Sage Tolentino, come on down. Look out for him. He ain't playing. You know what I'm saying? I don't know, but uh, shout out to my man Sage, man. No disrespect to him, but great uh, kid. amazing kid, great family too. For sure, man. Always nice. Shares our stuff all the time, man. Good, good in my book. But all right, let's see. Because man, just think about. It. See, I'm gonna say Seamus Lucosius. I feel like that was my guy last time. He didn't even score. Against, he didn't score against BYU. <laughs> he had zero points. Yes. You know what? I didn't even. I didn't even notice that. Yeah, he but, went over. Over. Over four. No, he had free throws. My bad. He had four points. He scored okay, four from the line. Impacted the game in many other ways. No, he was getting to the rack though. And. He was impacting the game in many ways. No, no, for sure, for sure. But I thought it was going to be a game where he had double digits. So I'm going to still say – but he still was getting downhill. Yeah. So I like how he was playing. So like, it wasn't like he played bad <laughs> or anything, for sure. But, um, hey, you get a dub, I don't care what you got. For I'll sure. Take a, a one point, and then you, you get the dub. And then uh, – oh, Who's calling you, JT? My That's... daughter. Saying I'm being too loud. My bad, but, uh, <laughs> but, but hey, Tyler, we got a lot of excitement going on right here. Know, wait, 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 hold on. I gotta let Bearcat fans know. So that's the first time I think we've ever had a phone ring on our podcast, and it's your daughter telling you to quiet down. Yeah, <laughs> then, for real, for before real. we started the podcast, Neil's phone goes off, and it was like the Scooby Dooby Doo, like running the. Like, I was like, "What is going on?" <laughs> but I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go CMOS, man. I think he's gonna go double digits because this is kind of a team where it's kind of hops back and forth. And then I'm gonna say he's gonna go uh, double digits, have about three or four assists, and uh, just play solid. Things gonna get downhill just like he did against BYU. So I'm going CMOS, man. I'm gonna, but he's, he's gonna get. He's gonna have me right this time. I think the fifth third fans are gonna get him get him hyped, and he's yeah. gonna make a couple threes. Love it. Now, Neil, who do we need to watch out for from Texas? Yeah, well, Texas, everybody knows the Big 12. Got a lot of good point guards in the Big 12. And, well, Texas has two of them. Max Abemis, one of the top point guards in all of college basketball. We saw what he was able to do at Oral Roberts the last few seasons. And, man, is he lighting it up for the Longhorns so far. He's leading the team in scoring 17 points. 46% field goal shooter is a very good three-point shooter as well, where he's shooting 40% from behind the arc. But one thing he does really well is get to the rack and draw fouls, shooting 93% from the foul line this season. Damn. So that is a very impressive stat there, but everybody knows free throws win you games. So with a big guard like Max Abemis and the way he was able to pour it on there in the scoring threat, that's a big, a big stat to keep an eye on. Make sure they cannot let them get to the line. That was something that the Bearcats did very well versus BYU, and that was not let them get to the line. Can they repeat that here versus Texas? Then you're looking down. You have 
Dylan Mitchell, a six foot eight forward, leads the team in rebounding, but he's also averaging nearly a double double per game, averaging 11 points, nine rebounds. That is a huge impact player, high athleticism guy who can do a lot of different things, crash the boards, can score when you need to, be a big post presence there for the Longhorns. And then you're looking at Tyrese Hunter. This is a team where you're looking down, you got three, four players who have all averaged double digits. Tyrese Hunter is coming off back-to-back 20-point performances. It'll be interesting to see, can he keep that momentum going here on Tuesday night versus the Bearcats? But let's hope the Bearcats can stop that momentum from Tyrese Hunter as well. And then Dylan Dysu, a big, another guard, hasn't played much this season, only played in five games, but he is averaging 11 points on 48% shooting since coming back from a foot injury. And what now that this Longhorns team is healthy, expect them to get the pieces back together and really make a run at the end of the season. So for players to watch for the Longhorns, you got a few of them. And either each and every one of those four caliber players are able to do some damage if need be for the Longhorns. Now, now, Neil, you mentioned something about free throw shooting. Um, that young man you said average was, was going ninety three percent from the ninety three percent free throw shooter. What are the what are the Bearcats shooting from the free throw line this year? I believe they're close to about sixty four percent after last night, if I remember right. What what did what they shoot last night? Last night, let me pull that back up, and we will double check. I believe last night they shot their best free throw percentage. I was going to say, that has to be one of the best free throw shooting games that we've had in a while, correct? Or Correct, yeah, because yeah, I remember JT and I were talking the last few games. It was like, man, can we just take one trip to the line where we're not splitting a pair of free throws? Yeah, for, yeah, for sure. Last game. night, we were 19 for 24, 89% from the line. Okay. okay. 79, 79. 79, yep. 89 was the first half. 79% from the line. Meanwhile, BYU was just five for ten for fifty percent. Mm, okay, I just check in on that because you know how historically Cincinnati Bearcats free throw shooting is, especially in, in in big games. You know, not the greatest, but free throw shooting is so very. I will never forget, along with a lot of longtime <laughs> Bearcat fans, never forget the Lazelle Durden game. Are you familiar with that, Neil? I don't think so. I'll have to look it up and do my research. Oh, at Wyoming, he makes the two free throws to win the game, and he shushes the crowd. You have to go and watch. Man, I'm surprised you haven't seen this game. You've you've probably seen the clip. It was one of the most clutch. It was one of the most clutch things I've ever seen, and he was shooting a free throw. It wasn't like a game winner, which he's fully capable. Lizelle was capable of doing that, but I'm going to send you the YouTube clip of him shushing the crowd before he makes the game-winning free throw with zero time left. Oh, he well, shushed him before he made the shot? He shushed him twice. Oh, that's gangster. Oh, yeah, it, that's, that's tough. That's tough. L- Lizelle Durden, <laughs> man, I could go, man, I could go on. Now, he on. was a bucket, though. He, man, I go <laughs> on and on about he, – he was, he was our Steph Curry in a lot of ways. Um, mm. I'm sure a lot of Bearcat fans would agree with me on that in terms of deep Three-point shooting, just clutch. Now I can go on and on about Lazelle, man. That's that's my that's my guy through and through. But you know what? We can't have a podcast without. Oh, shoot, I didn't even check the roster. All right, Neil, you ready? Yes, sir. Okay. I just need a last name for this one. Number 14. Anna McWay. That was pretty good. Say it again. Anna Mekway. That was that was pretty good. All right, I'm gonna give you an A for that one. All right, number twenty-one. Onyema. No, I want the whole name. Zarek Onyema. That's bad. Not bad. Did you take Did you take foreign language in high, at, at Oak Hills? I took a Spanish class, and that was it. That was it. Only two years of it. I think it set you out. <laughs> Yeah, for sure. You, I would be murdering all these things. <laughs> <laughs> and you know, you know what? And here's the thing. I know we joke. We I know we joke about this, and we do the name game. And a lot of these teams have some wild names. But let, let's be honest. As we so far this season, we've done this almost every podcast. 
Let's talk about the fact that there are so many foreign players that are coming into America and playing college basketball. So if you're a college basketball coach, (laughs) you're dealing with several, several things now. You are re-recruiting your roster every year. So if you have a roster of, let's say, 15 players, you have to re-recruit those guys that, let's just say, the guys you want to come back, right? And then you've got some guys that are jumping the portal. And let's say there are two or three guys that jump in the portal that you don't want to jump in the portal. Well, let's say they do. Now you've got to fill them with portal guys. So you're recruiting a portal. And now you've got all these young men coming from overseas that want to play in the States who don't really want as much NIL money. So you look at the Florida Gators roster. I think the Florida Gators this year are almost 65, 70% foreign players. Well, yeah, you mentioned the NIL aspect, take the country off. But most of these foreign and international players, they can't really profit off of NIL too. So that's a great talking point. Yeah, it's it's. I'm telling you, the name game is going to get bigger and bigger as we move forward because of the influx of foreign players and they're wanting to come here and they're so now they're a step closer to you know they feel like they can you know you got to remember this a lot of players um you know you look at luca right luca's one of the top guys in the nba he should win an mvp at some point he's been playing professional basketball folks for years prior to the nba so he's, yeah. when he got to the NBA. It wasn't like it wasn't a shock to him. He's been playing professionally, really. So you've got these guys coming from overseas, Stimas and 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 Vic, and some of these guys have played professional basketball because the system over there is very different than the system here. So they're a little more primed and ready to go than some of our kids that come out of high school. Yeah, that's a great point too because you're looking at. Uh, a guy like Simas Lukosius who played in the FIBA this summer even, and he played against – his Germany squad played against Kentucky. And Simas, for those who didn't see the stats on that game, I think he finished with 11 or 12 points that night on a real, really effective shooting night too. So those opportunities over there, people aren't really realizing it as of yet, but there's a lot of good basketball being played overseas, and that's why most of these younger high school guys are taking that NBL route and going overseas – as well to get that opportunity to play versus some of those top competitive players over there in Australia and foreign countries. And, and to your point too, Nick or Neil, you got to think about the NBA draft mm-hmm. and, you know, probably the top 10 guys moving forward in the NBA draft, you'll, a large percentage of those guys will be foreign players. Cause think about this and help me out with this JT. Cause I know you're an NBA guy too, but, who are the last couple MVPs of the NBA? We've got Giannis. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, Joker. Yeah, Joker, Giannis. Giannis but, uh, and, B- and B can technically, I mean, I like, he's from Cameroon, right? He's, he's a foreign yeah. player. I'm sorry. Yeah. So you're, you're talking about, you look over the last, I don't know. If you look Luke over. hasn't won yet. The last. I mean, the last two, four, five years, it has been Giannis, Giannis, Jokic, Jokic, Embiid. And then 2017 was Harden, Westbrook, Curry, Durant, LeBron came before them, dating all the way back to 2010 before wow. Derrick Rose won his. Wow. Yeah. So the Curry last- got two in a row, right? And Dirk, you also got to throw Dirk onto that as well for the foreign players as well. Don't oh, Dirk is the, is the foreign legend. No, no, no question. No question. Five straight years of a player from uh, overseas that has won the NBA MVP. So, so that tells you right there. Let's let's take that. And let's do the trickle down. So, with that NBA draft, it's going to be more and more foreign players going in that top ten. That trickles down to Wes Miller and his staff are going to recruit foreign players. They're going to be more guys like Aziz, like a Vic like a CMOS than we've ever seen before wearing the red and black uniform mm-hmm. because that's the way the, that's the way the trend's going. So if you want to be successful and you want to win, you've got to do that. True. So the name game. Yeah, gonna- looking, looking at an NBA mock draft right now, the first 
three picks for NBA draft room are all players from France and then Serbia. <laughs> That's correct. Well, think about this. We're seeing something right now we have never, ever seen before in the history of basketball, and that's Wimby. We have never yep. seen anybody like Wimby. And I, I was talking to Corey Blunt. Shout out to Corey Blunt, Hall of Famer. He told me, and, and Corey knows his NBA, he said Wimby will have a 60-point game soon. He's like, he is that good. We've never seen I mean, that dunk he had the other night. Where he took like two dribbles and put a dude on a poster. It don't even look, don't even look real, man. Like his stuff don't even like it, he's so tall. Like even the like it was tight, but it don't even look tight because he's like so tall. But it's crazy because he's so coordinated and can do all this stuff. And he's seven four. JT, you remember our conversation with our guy Chris Lapore last year when Wemby was starting to make the trend? He was like, yeah. "Man, this dude is doing stuff that nobody, nobody could do." He goes, "At his size." A man should not be doing that. Yeah, yeah. His handles are ridiculous. Like a seven foot five, that big center should not be having handles like that. That making people going behind his back, euroing is ridiculous. Pulling up from forty feet, like crazy. And listen, the 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 Bearcats, much like other division one major universities have to have a pulse on those guys overseas now sure. be guys overseas that never touch college yeah. all right we're, we're seeing that but they're going to be ones that do that have a huge impact and the bearcats you know have to be on it so uh long story short the name game neil you better be ready we're going to get the name game sponsored next time it's going to get deep and this thing this theme song I, this lady's name is Shirley Ellis, by the way. The song is by Shirley. I don't know if she's still alive, but if she is, we need to reach out to her and actually do a, a remix for us. The Bingo <laughs> segment is sponsored by Smart Dog. I'm going to research that. I got to see if she's still alive. The Bingo yeah, segment yeah. is sponsored by Smart Dog Solutions. All right, uh, quickly, I'll get into my um, player to watch for the Bearcats. I'm going to go with Day-Day. Uh, and I'm going to go with Day-Day because I don't feel – he had the type of game he wanted to against BYU, and he's so competitive. I think this Texas game, he can really push it, attack, get downhill, and he needs to bounce back from those seven turnovers. So I, I think this is a game where not only will he be focused, but I think the staff's going to have a conversation with him saying, listen, I know we won this basketball game, but moving forward in the Big 12, we're playing Texas. We're going at Baylor. We've got at Kansas. We got a really tough Oklahoma. You can't keep turning the basketball over like that. So I feel like Day Day is going to give us a good performance and he's going to help the Bearcats beat Texas. Uh, JT, your thoughts? Yeah, man. I was I was thinking about going with Day Day, honestly, but something told me you was going with Day Day. So I had to had to go with it. I, I got to stick with my guns and mess with my man CMOS. But if I didn't go see myself going day day, because he had the seven turnovers, and that was indicative of like, I know he didn't want to have a game like that. So I feel like he's going to protect the ball and be a lot better. And um, I just think he has to, you know, against Tech, against Texas, they're going to put pressure on him. He's going to have to answer the bell. But uh, yeah, man, I, I definitely think day day, I would, he would be my second guy. Yeah. he And he's, a, and he's, a, we've talked about this. He's a very competitive young man. So yep. I think we have a prideful big young man for sure. Very prideful. That's a better way to say it. Very prideful young man. The Big yep. O segment was sponsored by Smart Dog Solutions. Do you have a business that needs better inventory control, production management, or approved accounting control? Outgrown QuickBooks or can't afford NetSuite? Give loyal Bearcat grads Doug and Kathy Jacobs at Smart Dog Solutions a call. They have been in your position and would love to help solve your problem. They could be reached at 513. 513- 739-9473 or online smartdog-solutions.com. You're listening to the Bearcat Tip-Off Talk podcast presented by Donahue Accounting Services. The Kenyon segment is sponsored by Greg Hooden at Beachmont Toyota. Now, this is where we cover the keys to the game. JT, what do the Bearcats need to do to win? Ooh, I say, I will say don't turn the ball over. <laughs> <laughs> Facts, 
But uh, at home, I think they can't turn the ball over. They don't want to be a BYU, right? Turn the ball over 19 times yep. and lose. So I think they want to keep it. Texas is a good team, very athletic team. So I'll say keep it under 13 turnovers. If they can keep it even or win the boards like they did against BYU, that'd be great. And I think they have to um, shoot it decently from the three. Not, I don't think they need to hunt the three crazily. Especially with I don't know CJ Frederick will be playing on on a you know on Tuesday, but I think they have to you know use those big guys in the paint and just attack, get downhill, just like how Jizzle was. Man, I think he was just getting down the hill, muscling people, and they were handling business. You know, I think they just played very physical, which was something that I haven't seen on a consistent basis from the Bearcats. So I want to see them play physical. I like that. take take care of the ball, and then um. Yeah, take care of the ball. I think that'd be key. I think the, the fifth third arena is going to give them a little, give them a six man effect. Um, you know, their first Big 12 game at home. I think the, the fans are going to be rocking. Hopefully, they do everything Neil said and make sure they got the, the off, you know, color thing together and don't be in there acting, uh, acting too cool to cheer. So, I think it's I think it's going to be one of those things where you know, like, y- y'all ever get those alerts on y'all watch where it says, like, if you're in this environment for 30, 30, day, 30 minutes or longer, like your, your hearing will be messed up. I think it's going to be like that for most of the night. Hopefully the Bearcats can do things that keep it like that. You know, like, you know, if you turn the ball over a lot, that means Texas is getting easy buckets. And I feel like they show they can, man, they can, you know, put pull their pants up and play good defense, man. You, you know, a team that can score, this is going to be a different bat, a different animal. I think it's Texas is more athletic than BYU, but um, they show they can do it. So this is a good nugget to have. And I think they just have to protect the ball, shoot good shots. And that sounds very generic, but, you know, at home, they can't, you know, get too happy about BYU, but they have to take a lot of the positives from BYU and bring it to fifth third. Hey, JT, let me touch upon the, the, the issue you said with the crowd. I agree with you 100%. I think this Bearcat crowd is going to be a force this game. Coming off the BYU game, I think Bearcat fans are thirsty to see this Bearcat team take off, put together two halves. Um, and, and I totally agree with you. Now, I want to say this, too. So I went to the Kansas-Wichita State game at the T-Mobile Center in Kansas City. And there were, I'd say, 18,000 fans there. Okay, yeah. I went to the Dayton-UMass uh, game at Dayton. And Dayton always packs it out. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and I'm going to tell you, there is nothing like – Bearcat fans, like I don't know what it is, and I and I and I might be biased, but I'm with my buddy at the can, and I'm like, there are a lot of people in here, but I feel like Fifth Third Arena gets rocking with like Kansas is making a run, and the crowd's not really like as crazy when the Bearcats start making a run or they get some defensive stops, the crowd just goes crazy, and I just I didn't feel any. Listen, UD has some great fans. Yeah, UD is legit normally. UD fans are great, and they were, and there were moments where they got loud. Um, in, in that UMass game, they ended up pulling that one off. UMass came back. Shout out to Frank Martin, the head coach, former Bearcat head coach. Um, great, great human being. He's doing very well, by the way. Nice. But you know, you you, I'm at that game, and UMass is making a run, and that's right there. Like if 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 it was a Bearcat game, and the Bearcat team was up let's say six and the other team makes a run bearcat fans are standing up they're getting into it you know what yeah. i'm saying and I, I just feel like that that's such an event and oh i want to say this too real quick i went to the kansas city Bengals game and my first time in arrowhead and arrowheads ranked the number one loudest stadium in the nfl yeah seattle's two i went yeah. to the Bengals rams game the Monday night game, that Bengals Rams game was 10 times louder than the Bengals at Kansas City. Not mm. even close. I'm I I don't know if I'm biased, but I'm like, that Paycor Stadium was rocking that game. And I don't feel mm. like the Chiefs, I don't know if it's because the Chiefs aren't doing as well and they're spoiled now. They might be spoiled, man. You know how it is. It also could have been Burrow didn't play in that Kansas City matchup too, but either way, the but Chiefs are. But that doesn't affect them. You know, Burrow doesn't affect them. Like they're they've got all their people out there. Like they want to. They don't. 
like, okay, I found out Kansas City fans don't like the Raiders. Like, that's the team they really don't like. Okay. They dislike the Bengals, but that's they they don't like the Raiders because Max Crosby be talking that ish to Pat Mahomes and he can't handle it. They they do not, man. You should have heard them talking about the Raiders at that game. I'm like, wow. Because they were the fans at Kansas City were super nice uh to, to, to me and my friend uh, when they found out we were Bengals fans. But they were like, if you had Raiders gear on, boy, they were like, we might have to touch you up a little bit. <laughs> like, really? They were like, yeah, but I'm telling you, I, I felt paycor. And even my buddy was like, I don't feel like it's as, as loud as i thought it was going to be um but anyway but listen i'm I'm bigging up i'm bigging up um you know cincinnati cincinnati fans super passionate you know sports are important here so very true yep so neil what do the bearcats need to do to win big are they capable of winning big are they capable of winning big because they do it big in Texas, they say, right? And at the and at the same yeah, everything bigger in Texas. Everything's bigger in Texas. Pause. Yeah, paused out. Pause that. Pause that on out. But the Bearcats are capable of winning big versus Texas, but they will have to do a lot of different things. They cannot come out and shoot one for eleven to start the game. Cannot do that, especially in a home environment. And they cannot give up. 15 first half turnovers is what it felt like last night. They limit the turnovers and come out and just play their game and just play smart and conservative. Obviously everyone knows what is at stake here on Tuesday night, but just play smart, conservative, smart basketball, play true to their identity. And I think that is what the big factor will be. If they play to their identity, they will be able to go in here and handle texas because if you're asking me personally meach byu is a better team right now than texas yeah and i will stand by that decision but texas is a team who's also coming off a a bad loss to texas tech a game that they were up and then they end up losing by 10 so texas is going to come in here absolutely pissed they're going to come in here and do anything they can to spoil the bearcats big 12 opener but for them to win big it starts there you limit the turnovers and then you just play smart, come out there, find your rhythm early, play to your true identity, whether that's going inside to the bigs and Victor Lockin, Aziz Bandego, or even finding a way to get downhill and attack early. I think that's going to be a key matchup here for them to win big. But it starts there. You got to play clean. If you can't play clean, it, it could be a long night versus Texas with their ability to score the ball. So like we talked about, turnovers are going to be crucial in this one. The Kenyon segment is sponsored by Greg Hood at Beachmont Toyota. So, uh, Neil, Texas is 11 and 3. 11 and 3, yep. Because you said they lost, right? So they're 11 yep. and 3. Um, so, my, I guess my two, I got two, I got two keys. One is points in the paint. Mm. And this is where I think a guy like Jamil will be effective. I think if we can hover around that 35 to 40 points in the paint, uh, this is a game I think we definitely could win if that's the case. And it'd be it'd be nice to have some great, not good, some great production off the bench. So giving us that 25 to, to 30 points off the bench, I think if you couple those two things together, points in the paint and then points off the bench, I think this and the crowd. I think the Bearcats uh, win this basketball game. Now the question now is the starting lineup, right? He had Skillings in last time because he brought Aziz off the bench. My assumption is Aziz, right, would start again. Would, would that be? You guys agree with that, or do you think Dan's starting and Aziz coming off the bench? Mm. I think I think you, depending on how obviously this was Aziz's first game in little over three weeks. So if this, depending how the back responded today, that would be the key factor. But if you're asking yeah. me right now, I'm saying Aziz will probably start on Tuesday night. JT? Same, same. I, I, I'm, I'm not even going to add anything else to it. Uh, Neil, but exactly what Neil said on that one for sure. Okay. Yeah. So, so if you're bringing Dan off the bench, that's points off the bench. Yeah. 
and I and I still and and, and JT, I thought about you during the, the <laughs> BYU game with, with with Josh Reed. I think Josh Reed has earned some more minutes. Oh, for sure, for sure. I yeah. think he has to. He has to. I feel like he has to see the field, like the court. I feel like not to be like if I was Coach Miller right now, and that's a hard thing to do. But I feel like Jalu James has to see the court a lot. I feel like. Uh, Dan, I feel like he, he had some ups and he was up and down against BYU, but he made some big plays. He made some plays that made you scratch your head. But I feel like he earned he's earned where you gotta let him work through his problems and let him yep. get out there. But I feel like now it's like kind of like Jizzle, um, Jizzle, uh Dan and Reed, they have to get clock. I feel like Reed has to get, you know, I'm not saying Reed has to be over 10 minutes, but I feel like he has to be that guy that comes out there, especially if they go and go four. I like when they went four wings, one big. That that was like I loved it. Made me so happy inside. And then um, you gotta let Jamil. Jamil's your, your big, your backup big. I think he has to be the guy that comes in. And then if you know, no matter what. So those are the four guys off the bench. And if you gotta tighten it up here and there, Reed might get squeezed out. Who knows? But I feel like he's earned. He's played well enough for you. Like hey, if we need some need some energy, I feel like because John Newman. Is such great on. I mean, I think he played a great game too. Like we did, we haven't, we didn't get to talk about that. I feel like Newman was great on both sides of the ball. He made yeah. key plays. Um, he should have had double digits. They cheated him on that dunk. The dude blocked it through the rim. It, even the whole arm was up under whole the rim. Arm was in the rim. The man two hand dunked it. Like if you miss a dunk like that with the two hands, it's gonna bounce out farther than that. That's how you know the dude went through. And you know, everybody knows John over explosiveness. It. They. He, he, was, over. he was up there. He crossed dude over, and that yeah, yeah, he, they yeah, he gave from John Newman last night on that dunk. Yeah, John wasn't playing with him, so he played great. So I just feel like Reed is kind of like giving us uh, some John Newman glimpses a little bit. Like he's going hard on defense. I feel like he's just taking it. He doesn't. He's not going to score ten points or twenty points, but I feel like he's playing so well on defense, and he's just giving great effort. Where it's just like you gotta. You got to get this young man a few minutes here and there. We will see what happens. Yep. We will see. The Kenyon segment, Keys of the Game, was sponsored by Greg Hood and the Beachmont Toyota. Come see fellow Bearcat Greg Hood and the Beachmont Toyota for all your Toyota needs, cars, trucks, and SUVs. Greg Hood and the Beachmont Toyota is ready to help you get into your new Toyota. You're listening to the Bearcat Tip-Off Talk podcast presented by Donahue Accounting Services. The Twyman segment sponsored by visionary cleaners this is where we cover hot topics now we've started the big 12 conference play one and oh my question for this episode's hot topic is what is your prediction jt and neil Woo. on the january conference schedule jt we'll start Shoot. with you. dang that's tough all right so we already got one game in we got seven left so all right one and oh all right to be fair Okay, the Bearcats. I feel like we got four. We got JT. We got four home games, three away games left. All right, counting the Texas game. All right, count Texas. Count Texas. Shoot, man, this is tough. Because I want to be a super homer and say something crazy right now because they beat BYU. Like I'm so high on BYU right now off this win. I want to say something wild that I. What, wait, wait, wait. What, what's your wild? Like, Let me hear this. Dogs, like, I want to say, all right, we, go, we get Texas at home, dub. All right. Baylor, I at think Baylor. at Baylor, it's going to be tough. I think they could pull it off. TCU is the team that got me scared right now, but it's at home. So I'll say Baylor, you lose to Baylor, you beat TCU. I think they can beat Oklahoma. Okay, it's hard to beat Kansas. They cheat in Kansas. You don't so, win at Kansas. Just don't win with Kansas. That's an L. And you saw what happened. CCU had them, and they cheated them. They, they get that flagrant foul up. Yeah, so that something like that happened to us. Foul at all? You did. It should have been a regular foul. He, that was a regular move. He just actually slapped dude in the face. It happens. Um, yeah. uh, okay, UCF. That's I mean, smoke. That should be a twenty ball. And then you go to West Virginia. All right. So all right, two losses. So. Six and that right? Six and two. Wait, a minute. that's too many games. That's eight games. There's only seven. Only seven. Are you counting? 
Are you I'm counting? counting the BYU with the BYU? So Are five you? and two. Okay. Five and two. So six and two. So you're saying we finished January six and two. Six and two. If I want to be wild, like I feel them wild. But if I'm being like conservative, four and four. Okay. Okay. Feeling wild. Neil, like, you- feeling, like right now being high, like high on the BYU end, mm-hmm. six and two. Okay. But if if it's different, like, you know, but I'm you know, on the podcast, I'm going to put my name, I'm going to put my name on it. Stand on, stand on business. I'm standing on business. But I feel like four and four is fair. Like I'll be, I will be happy with four and four. All right. Neil, you feeling wild? Not as wild as JT. Okay. But I'm going to go five and three with the potential to go six and two counting the BYU game. And the reason I say that, that Baylor game at Baylor at eight o'clock on a Saturday in a brand new venue arena that only holds 7,500 people, that that's what scares me. Is that you're in a brand new arena. Baylor's the top 25 team. Assuming Cincinnati is ranked top 25 for the first time in a while come tomorrow's AP polls, that, that's a game where you Baylor fans are going to have that circled and ready to go, especially depending the outcome of Texas. So that's, that's one matchup where I it could be a toss and turn. But then you also have Kansas, which, Meech, you mentioned it. Not many people win at Allen Fieldhouse. That's a loss. Let's just be honest. We ain't yeah, winning. Gotta real. I love my Bearcats. We ain't, we're not winning. Yeah, gotta be real. With the, that because the way Kansas has been playing so far, that you can't just chalk it up as an L because Kansas has literal no depth right now. They're getting all their production from their starting five. So you can't chalk that up as an L right now. But another game that scares me is Oklahoma because Oklahoma is also one of those teams like BYU where they just instantly all put it together and are a top 15 team in the country. Even though that is a home game, that's another game where the Bearcats could have their hands full. So I'm sitting at five and three, but if they can get one of those two versus uh, Baylor and Oklahoma and go six and two in the month of January, man, that's a, that's a great start for Big 12 conference play. The Twyman segment is sponsored by Visionary Cleaners. All right, so I'm going five and two. Well, six and two if you count the BYU game. Six and two for the month of January. I think we hold down the home court, uh, but lose at Baylor and at Kansas. And Neil, we ain't winning at Kansas. So uh, <laughs> I, don't, I don't give a shit about depth. We ain't winning at Kansas. Yeah, winning at Kansas sounds crazy right now. It just it ain't. It let's just leave that. And you just can't make it a one to two point game with under thirty seconds left and give a foul. And play physical because you know Bill Self's getting that whistle. I, I would listen. I would say it would be different if this was our third year, you know, in Big Twelve, and we kind of know right. what to expect True. at Kansas, right? This is our yeah. first time. You're going to be in a. I'm hearing when I was in Kansas City for the uh, Bengals game, the Kansas City, uh, just the people there were talking about the, the, playing at Kansas on how crazy it is. Um, I was like, really? And they were like, yeah, your, your Bearcats are in for something. So. That's an environment they'll just have to get used to. It's like, you know, back in the day, I'll never forget this. Gary Clark told me the Bearcats played at Wichita State. I don't know if you remember when Wichita was rocking and the Bearcats were rocking. I think it was Gary, Troy. That was the Ron Baker, Fred Van Fleet era. Uh, They weren't playing those years, were they? I don't don't think they were. I can't even remember if Van Fleet was there. They might have been. Man, they might have been there. Wichita went to like the deep tournament run, right? They went final four and then elite eight. They looked. They lost a. Uh, oh yeah, that was the year before. Yeah, year before. Yeah. And they came. They came to AAC after the fact. I think. Yeah. So yeah. this was this was at Wichita State, and Gary Clark told me he was at the free throw line, and he said he felt the floor moving while he was shooting. Like he he was looking around like. Yo, is the floor moving while I'm shooting? <laughs> it was that loud. He's like, he's never been in an environment like that. Mm. And it's one of those things where you got to get used to environments like that. You know what to expect when you go there. The, the Bearcats are just like playing at BYU. The, no one on that team really outside of maybe Aziz knew yeah. what they were going into. Would that be right? So um, so listen, I, I don't mean to um, harp on Kansas, but um, – Listen, I think we'll go six and two for the month of January. 
Uh, Bearcat fans will be fired up for Texas, and that's going to give us some momentum, I think, moving forward. And um, I'm looking for a great uh, start to, to the to the Bearcats in the Big 12, better than people. You know, everyone was saying the Bearcats were going to suck, um, you know, this year in the Big 12. But I, I, I tend to disagree, and we will see what happens. The Twyman segment is sponsored by Visionary Cleaners. Visionary Cleaners is a locally owned company by former Bearcat student athletes. They specialize in high quality commercial cleaning of businesses, apartments, pre and post construction cleans. They can be reached at 513-388-7816 or contact online at visionarycleaners.com. Fellas, this concludes another great podcast. Thanks to all of our sponsors, Donahue Accounting Services, Smart Dog Solutions, Greg Hood and the Beachmont Toyota, and Visionary Cleaners. And we want to remind all Bearcat fans out there to visit Meals Pizzeria at 2634 Short Vine before and after all Bearcat football and basketball games. Get there early because the place is packed on Bearcat game days. Thanks to Kelly and Richard Meals for the support of the Bearcat Tip-Off Talk podcast. Now, we will be live at Meals on January 31st. From 5:45 to 6:45, before the West Virginia away game, we'll be watching it after the podcast. We're going to stay there, talk to Bearcat fans, watch the game. We're going to do our podcast live. Now that will be the last Big 12 game in the month of January, so we're going to see if our predictions are right at this point. You're listening to the Bearcat Tip Off Talk podcast presented by Donahue Accounting Services for friendly expert tax advice whenever you need it. Come to Donahue Accounting Services, a leading accounting firm in Cincinnati, Ohio. Our top-notch accountants strive to help you resolve all your financial and tax issues. Call Donahue Accounting Services today for a free consultation at 513-528-3982 or visit online, DonahueAccountingService.com. We want to thank all Bearcat fans out there for listening to another episode of the Bearcat Tip-Off Talk podcast. Go Bearcats! <laughs>